yeah. Red Bull cans of the woods. That's one of the one places we've been hunting. The group of guys takes Red Bull cans every single morning. And at the base, there's like a stack of them at the base of the tree. It's like, pick it up or drink it in your car. You don't have to carry your Red Bull with you. here show we got quite a few different topics we don't have just one big topic today so we're gonna be touching on a bunch of different stuff and as always we want your guys's comments questions opinions we'll probably drop a poll on the YouTube channel somewhere for you guys to go leave your mark on the episode so we definitely want you guys to continue to drop your comments leave your comments all that good stuff and thanks for watching all of our previous episodes so now as I usually do I'll uh, hand it over to Brody let him talk about what we're doing out in the whitetail woods here as we're getting closer and closer to deer season yep seems like the last few have all been about trail cameras that's what it is again uh, going out checking trail cameras this weekend seeing what bucks are on public land seeing if the spots are kind of living up to what we think they are based off our scouting or if you know the cameras aren't showing us what we want so got a few cameras to check this weekend take an inventory there and then just solidifying our plans for hanging stands here in about a month yeah, just trying to gather more intel before the season so we know once the season starts where we're, what spots we want to hit first, hopefully capitalize during the early season as we think we have quite a few good early season spots. So um, speaking of trail cameras, that's the first topic uh, that we're going to talk about. And I don't know if you have seen this. I've seen it in quite a few uh, different places over the last week or two. Um, but Arizona passed a ban on all trail cameras starting in 2022. So that was just seemed to me like a very big step and a very interesting. What's it in reaction to? I haven't. I heard it and didn't read it. What's it in reaction to? Yeah, say? most of it they claim, which we'll get into a little bit more. They claimed it was a fair chase issue, but then where they gave reasons, none of them had anything to do with fair chase. So we're kind of go in. That's kind of where the transparency is lacking, I think, anyways, from what they did. So. They had public comment sessions on it, and most of that comment session was against the ban, as you would think most of it would be. Some of the outfitters, I believe, and some people were for it, but they said the overwhelming majority was for not having the trail camera ban, obviously. Um, and you have to manage the wildlife, but you also have to listen to your constituents. I mean, that's what your that Game and Parks organization in Arizona is there for both. They obviously have to manage wildlife if there's, you know, reasons to do that because that's what they're, that's what they're there for is to make sure that hunting in Arizona and wildlife in Arizona, you know, is around for generations. But you also have to listen to some degree to what your constituents are saying because they're the ones paying for everything. Yeah, and I think that's something that we've you learn in college when you're going through wildlife management classes is you sit down and you identify all those groups that might have a say in that decision that you're making and you can't just do it for the hunters or the conservationists or you know conservation organizations or PETA or whoever you can't just do it for them you have to take into account all of those and that's what they teach you I guess and what they say they follow but obviously maybe here that didn't wasn't quite the case. I mean in some cases you can't listen to everyone's opinion constituents opinion on every topic because most of them aren't trained in you know wildlife management or management like hey let's be able to 
shoot deer year-round. Everybody would be, not everybody, but people would be for shooting deer year-round because they can hunt all year. Obviously, you can't listen to them in every scenario, but I think in a situation like this, you have to be open to listening to your hunters and your people that are actually the ones you're using. Especially on, on quite a drastic change. It wasn't a no cell cameras, just going to use regular trail cameras that you don't get data right away. It's just a complete, you know, no more, no go for it anymore. Yeah, that's one of the one things that I wrote down is it was just a complete ban. I think there was a lot of alternatives that could have been used before we got to this point. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to use the alternatives, it didn't work. Okay, now step up maybe into another one. If that didn't work, okay, we have to ban them just because it's not working for what our goals were. But to just completely hack the whole thing in one shot doesn't make any sense at all. Or to even do studies and see how many how many deer are actually taken because of a trail cam picture within the last day or something. Like have data that backs up. You know, if you're saying they're doing it for because of fair chase reasons and it wasn't fair, like have you know, some data to maybe back up how many deer are getting killed specifically because of a trail camera led them to it or something. If it's a fair chase issue, like they said, but then it turns out it probably really wasn't, then outlaw the cell cameras because those are the ones giving you the real-time data. So let's do that first. Fair chase issue. We don't think cell cameras are fair chase because they're setting them up. Arizona, obviously, a dry climate. Setting them up over water holes, pretty easy to know when deer are coming in and out. Get rid of cell cameras. That way you at least have to go in there and you know, check the trail camera. You can't just get it on your phone and go in there. So let's do that first instead of just all trail cameras are bad type of deal. Like I mentioned before, they mentioned it was a fair chase issue, but when they outlined a bunch of reasons, there none of the reasons really had anything to do with fair chase. The big thing was, and this is kind of what they said, not word for word, but trail cameras were visited frequently to change batteries, SD cards, and that activity disturbs and displaces wildlife. That was one of the reasons that they cited which I can see in a hot, dry climate, you're going in to water sources that's going to disturb the wildlife in the area. But again, maybe we should do some studies. Does it actually disturb them? Maybe they'll just shift to coming in at night or at different times of the day. If they, you know, and most of them, they'll get used to human scent. Like if you, in the park areas or in the cities, they get used to people being there. They adapt to it and they're fine. Mm-hmm. So again, they I think a little bit more from- research. Yeah, they're going to move away from always being disrupted in a way. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to get water somewhere. So I don't think humans, and I don't know people who would check them that much. Maybe people check them more than we do, but I can't see people going in there more than once a week to check them, but maybe they do. Um, They also cited an increase in hunter conflict. And when they had the open comment section, there's people that said they had no idea where that statement was coming from because they haven't had any... (laughs) They had no. They haven't had any run-ins with people putting trail cameras up or trespassing or assume, doing anything like that. Does they, that mean stealing? Like people yeah, stealing people each other's stealing cameras? Yeah, people stealing cameras or trespassing, and they're getting them on camera, which is isn't that a benefit of the trail camera? Mm-hmm. But they didn't, and they haven't elaborated on that. They just cited it, and most of the people there, it sounds like, had no idea what that even was for because they hadn't seen or heard of anything in the state that would make them think there was an increase in in hunter conflict. So. Like I mentioned before, I think there was alternatives. There were some scientific stuff that studies that you would think a biologist or a game and parks organization would do. Um, and then they just decided to take all the comments that people had because I think they did it because that's what they were supposed to do. And then they went with what they wanted anyways. So, and I think there's got to be something else at play here. It seemed like a really quick decision. They already knew what they wanted to do. Didn't matter what anybody thought. They were just going to 
move it's on. Like the, the biggest thing is it's so so drastic. I think it's not like we're gonna cameras can only be up during the hunting season or no more cell cams or like you said there's incremental things i think you could have done in that situation to address the issue if you you know if they had the stats to back up an issue and maybe there is but like you said i think there's incremental things you could have done instead of just the whole drastic we're just getting rid of trail cameras altogether yeah, considering they've used them for 20 years yeah and now all of a sudden it's an issue and i know there is an increased usage obviously of trail cameras people are using them more than they ever has be- have before just because the technology is so much greater than it ever has been but i mean i said it and you just said it there were alternatives that probably should have and could have been used before we got to this point point. and you can i was just thinking you can either like or dislike cell cameras for the data they give you without going in there but you also don't have to go in there so they're you know as those become more popular and more you know cheaper for people to get and use and people are using them on public land and even private land and stuff you don't have to go in there as much so their point of everybody going in there and checking them too much gets less and less i think every year as the technology for sending cell camera pictures to your phone goes up yeah so then maybe you don't even outlaw cell cameras you outlaw regular trail cameras because you you don't don't have to go check the cell cameras every week it sends it to your phone so yeah i mean i don't think there's any reason to like go out go ahead and do an all-out ban on them like was there any you know like you said what you're you're taught in your wildlife management classes and stuff like that that we went through is it's based on science all of the decisions that game and parks make should be based on science and what's best for the wildlife and if that's what they're doing completely fine but i think there needed to be more transparency in what that science was what they've seen what the specific reasons were not just hear some general stuff because if you're making decisions not based on science as a game and parks not listening to your constituents that's a slippery, like Stephen Rell talks about all the time, you know, getting, you know, squirrel hunting banned in California leads to all your, eventually all hunting being banned. I think that's the same thing with here is a slippery slope if you just start not listening and going off science as a game and parks organization anyways. But more transparency, I think, was definitely needed. I think there's a lot of people that are like, what just happened? So um, with that, we'll move on. And we asked for you guys' viewer questions and comments here quite a bit on the out here show so we wanted to go over just a few uh things that we've gotten back on some of the stuff that we've talked about over the last few episodes so we thank you guys as always for you know answering the poll question or leaving your comments so um, we talked about our three most important pieces of equipment and Brody put the poll up on youtube and i'll kind of go through what you guys the viewers put down as your most important pieces of equipment so we put grunt call like Google Earth or your mapping, whatever mapping you use, uh, waders, you know, good hiking boots, waterproof boots, a headlamp, and binos. Those were the five that we went through. And we'll start at the bottom. Waders and headlamp were both at 8% for people thinking that was the most important piece of equipment. Uh, grunt call was number 12. I'm sure that might depend on time of year. Um, and then at 35%, was binoculars binos were the number two highest that people thought they needed or the most important piece of equipment and then google earth or your google maps your mapping onyx whatever you want to use was at 38 percent as the most important piece of equipment and i think that is something that's really come on strong and been really useful in the past few years everybody uses it uses it i don't know how we would it take a lot more scouting than even the scouting we do now to find our spots if we couldn't narrow it down and get an overall view of what you're looking at especially on larger properties just to see what you're even looking at where the best spots spots are you spend a lot of your time 
in spots that weren't even good if you didn't have some sort of aerial imagery to look at, I think. Yeah, and I, I mentioned something to you before this started. It's like, what did we do before you had that to look at? Because we use it all the time. Every single time we go hunting, I'm pulling up my map probably 10 times plus during a hunt. And even like you said, scouting, figuring out where you want to go, where you're at when you're walking in, all those different things that you didn't have, you know, just at your fingertips, you know, prior to. And we'll move on. We talked about what our top three favorite shows were growing up. So I just wanted to run through a few that people wrote down. Jackie Bushman came up quite a few times in the comments as one that people watched quite a bit. I kind of remember that one. I've never really watched that one all that much. Um, Realtree, Monster Bucks was definitely one that people left a comment on. We got another person that liked Gun It with Benny Spies, so we're not the only ones on that one. And then Crush with Lee and Tiffany was another one that came up quite a few times. So those were the ones that people were watching for their top three shows that they watched growing up. So now we'll move on, go into our out of left field segment here where we talk about everything to do with sports and that has nothing to do with hunting. So we're in a slow time of year for sports. So we're having to go think out of the box for our sports segments here, but we're going to do what every pretty much sports writer is doing right now is they're way too early picks for national championships and all this stuff. So we're going to do our way too early Super Bowl picks on both sides, the AFC and the NFC. So I'll start, I'll do, we'll do AFC first, I think, and I hope the Buffalo Bills make it on the AFC side. So that's who I'm picking. Into I don't know if I'm picking as much as I am hoping that they're the ones that make it. It's probably either them or Kansas City, I would imagine, and I hate to see not that I have anything wrong with Kansas City. They've just been there a lot. Let's hopefully have somebody else in there. Is that who you think or who do you think on that AFC side? Yeah, I'd agree with the Bills. I was rooting for them last year as well. Uh, I don't have anything against Kansas City. They've just been in there a couple times, and they played terrible last year in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I'd go with the Bills as well. I think uh, Josh Allen's a pretty good quarterback, and I think that's what's going to put him over the edge. They were there last year, got some experience being in the playoffs and being in that situation. So I think they'll probably take the next step, and I think they're the team that can – can challenge Kansas City. I'm trying to think of the other teams that were in those final two games, but I the can't. The Browns think of them. are over there, the which Browns. they could, and they'll be good again. I yeah. think they challenged Kansas City a little bit last year. But I mean, there's the division with like Tennessee and the Colts. They got Carson Wentz now, so I think they could be a playoff team. But I don't think they're probably a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there wasn't too many I thought were real high on that side. So. That's who I was going with. Hopefully the Bills. It'll probably be the Bills or Kansas City or the Browns, probably. It'll yeah. probably be one of those three. Well, the Steelers are there with the Browns last year, but then they dropped way yeah. off and lost like six straight games. And the Browns, arguably, were playing better than they were and are set up better to play this year better than the Steelers did. Yep. And then I went through and I looked up all the NFC teams, and it's really only one. It's Tampa Bay is the only good team on that side. I mean, someone might get them, but I don't think. Who sadly. else is on that deci- on that side? Oh, gosh. Because the Saints don't have a quarterback Saints anymore. Don't have a quarterback and they're the anymore. only ones that pushed them last year. Uh, the Skins, as I'm going to continue to call them. Yep. Uh, Washington, yeah. they played, arguably played the Tampa Bay the best in the playoffs, and they could do it again. Their wild card is uh, a quarterback situation. Yep. They've got the team, but do they have – is Fitzpatrick good enough? The Cowboys, people say, with Dak being back, yep. could be a team that pushes them, which I don't know who I'd root for, the Cowboys or 
Tom Denver Brady again. Right. I'd probably root for the Cowboys just so Tom Brady didn't win it again. Yep. I root for the Cowboys to make it, and then the AFC team, team can beat them. Yep. I'm trying to think who else um, is over there. Packers, if Aaron Rodgers plays, who knows yeah, how much it, motivated they he's going to be. Even know if he plays. how to run the ball. Or just yeah. run it into the end zone. Yeah, and that situation's all screwed up. How much is he going to try? There's nobody else in that division. Kirk Cousins can't seem to make it over the hump. For the Vikings, Detroit sucks. So... Because I looked, and I'm like, that sucks. Because in Tampa Bay, is everybody back. Baltimore on there on the other side? Yeah, they're on the other side. So they could be a push on the other yeah. side. But. but, yeah, I have Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Sadly. Yeah, there's just nobody going <laughs> to. There's nobody. nobody. Without Drew Brees over there, there's just nobody over there. Tom mm-hmm. Brady just bounces to whatever AFC, NFC is easier. Now he leaves the AFC. There's nobody in the AFC. He comes to the NFC, and now there's nobody Was it there, the so. Packers that played the Buccaneers, right? That was the final game. Yeah. yeah, so it was the Packers, which could get there again. You don't know oh, how 49ers. They always on that side. Yeah, they always Maybe. Packers always choke. Skins played them well, and then Saints did, but they don't have Drew Brees anymore. Yep. Oh yeah, they don't have a quarterback really at all. No, Taysom Hill or and he could James be fine. Winston. They just don't know. He's not Drew Brees though, and they couldn't do it with Drew Brees. Um. So now we want to take a quick shout out to let you know how you can support the show. We don't have sponsors, and we want to keep it that way. Let's just say what we want to say. Talk about Tom Brady and say how much we don't like him. So the best way to support the show is to go to our website, whytailinstinct.com. Check out all our apparel. We had a bunch of stuff. We're adding new stuff all the time. We have sweatshirts, t-shirts, a bunch of different designs there, So and more to come. So head over there, find something you like, and support the show. That way we don't have to use sponsors. We can say what we want. So we'd appreciate it if you guys would go over there. Again, that's whytailinstinct.com. So now we'll head to our next topic, which I think is really interesting. I think people will get a good kick out of this. If you hunt public land... For whitetails, even turkeys, most of this stuff has probably already happened to you. I think you could probably hit all, I got 13 of them, 13 things that deer, other deer hunters despise you for on public land. I think, like I said, if you hunted one year in public land, you might be able to hit them all and knock them all off your list real quick. This was a Realtree.com article, so we'll just walk through them. We might discuss some if something's happened to us and just talk about them, how much we don't like them. So, start with number 13, and I don't know if these are in order of greatest to worst worst to first i don't know they just put them in 13 in order i don't think they're in order so we'll just start with 13 and go from there so number 13 is embellishing stories of bucks so like maybe you meet somebody in the parking lot and they're telling you yeah i seen a whole bunch of you know big deer here and they really didn't i don't think we've ever that i know I think it's of. the other way around yeah. more often i didn't see oh, anything yeah. so i don't want to tell you anything yep. i think no, yeah, I you I never thought about that, but I would agree with that. I think a lot of times you'll get the, oh, yeah, didn't see anything. Not that they should have to or not have to tell you what they did or didn't see, but you're right. I think if they did see something, how many, I mean, I don't think I would. If I talked to some random guy in the parking lot that I didn't know, I'm not going to tell him I just saw that big buck we seen in September hunting out west. I'm not going to tell him I seen that. Mm-hmm. You know, if he wants to watch it on YouTube, I guess he can watch it on YouTube, but he's not going to I'm not going to tell him that. So you're right. I think it's probably the other way or other way around saying they didn't see anything when they actually did. So uh number 12 is not respecting the land. So leaving trash. That's one that gets me all the time. If parking you, lots terrible. Yeah. Parking Hand lots warmers are and whatever else. And if you find a tree stand on half the ones we hunt here in Nebraska, drink my Red Bull and my cigarettes. There's as Red I go Bull through. cans and cigarette butts at the bottom of it. It's like you carried the can in full, so carry it obviously out. it's a lighter to carry it out. Don't just drop it and leave it there. You have a backpack, put it in your pocket. I don't understand how you can't carry it out if you carried it in. It makes no sense. Plus, like, your sense just 
even more all over the place yep. dropping that stuff and you know and i guess smoking might this might make some people mad but if you're smoking going in you really don't care about your scent whatsoever because in that's a strong smell for in the tree yeah that's a strong smell for a human let alone a deer that yeah. can smell 10 times what we can smell like that cannot help you one bit yep. <laughs> i mean if i open a anything if i have a snack or something and i like even if i accidentally drop it before i leave i pick it up like i don't think mm -hmm. i know that i've ever knowingly left anything i don't take pop there. cans yeah. red bull cans of the woods that's one of the one places we've been hunting the group of guys takes red bull cans every single morning and at the base there's like a stack of them at the base of the tree it's like pick it up or drink it in your car you don't have to carry your red bull with you yep i don't get how they can't how honestly how lazy they are to not just pick it up and take it out with them yeah. So that's the one that gets me. So uh, number 11 is making fun of others' deer. This is probably a hunting industry thing in general, not just public land people, but the people, you know, in the comment sections and stuff like that. They're like, hey, why'd you shoot that? Or there's bigger ones, or I wouldn't shoot that. I'd only shoot when they would probably shoot it anyways. They're just saying that. So that's another one that's just hunting industry-wide is just not respecting what other people are shooting or choose to shoot because you don't know what makes them happy, and that's what should the end goal for whoever's shooting that deer is if they were excited and happy to shoot it they should be able to shoot it as long as it's within you know if you have antler restrictions or whatever but um that's just another one hunting industry wide i think that you know needs to be taken care of i guess so this is one i've never or i didn't really get is dumping the gut pile within sight of like their deer stand or not gutting it somewhere different i've never really heard of anybody getting mad about where you gut your deer, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah. I haven't really heard that one either. So we always, if we just shoot one, it's like wherever we find him, typically. I don't think we were dragging him too far with all no, that I'm not going to drag there. him 500 yards so I don't gut him by someone else's potential tree. And half the time it's by my tree yeah, that I was hunting Yeah, mine than it is somebody else's. And so we hang and hunt, so we're not usually in the same exact spot again. Yeah, so I don't know about that one either. Never really heard of anybody being mad about that one, so... Number nine is claiming a deer that you didn't shoot. I've never even that heard of extreme, that. That is extreme, but I've never heard of that happening. <laughs> I've never heard of that happening. I hope it doesn't happen to me because I'd be pissed and wouldn't really know we what have it to on do. Film, so yeah, we've got pretty yeah. much screwed if somebody tries to do that to us. Yep, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how. I don't know. That'd just be a a messed up situation in general. But yeah, we've got ours on film, so that always helps. And if we leave, like if we shoot one and we find it, like okay, we gotta go get all our gutting stuff. We gotta go get cameras or something i always leave my backpack by it or my something by it that way they someone know knows I found it. someone already <laughs> found it and that i was already there that way they can't just if there is anybody else around they can't wait for me to leave go get it not that they couldn't drag it real quick but you'd be able to see but anyways i always try to leave something just for that scenario i don't know how much of that would ever have actually happen but it's on their list so um this one may be one of the top ones setting up too close to you so if you're set up or you have your tree stand up, someone comes in, sets a stand up 15 yards from you, and it has literally been 15 yards from us that we've had stands up. Not just this is a tree we've been hunting. How are they supposed to know? We've had the stands up that have been up since August 15th when you can put stands up on public here in Nebraska. They've been up. Someone else comes in, thinks it's a great spot apparently, and sets a tree stand up. Yeah, it's happened multiple times, and it's frustrating. I get it. It's public land. Like, you can set up wherever you want to but it's kind of common courtesy i guess if you see a stand don't set up 
where you can at least see the other person. There's stands on places we've walked on public land here where you can legitly see the other person's stand. Like if you were hunting and so was that guy, you'd see each other the whole time. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what property it was, but we've walked and seen three, maybe four stands where all four people could literally sit and probably talk to each other. Yeah, like, like just in a line. They're that close to each other. And it's like, who... The first Once guy, like that. the first guy, you're fine. But the second, third, and the fourth guy, who's deciding that you're putting your stand up there? Yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah, who looks and goes, "There's one guy. There's another guy. I'm gonna sit up right over here." Like, yeah, you could legitimately talk to each other. Like, you seen anything over there? Nope. Like, who would want to sit up? I don't want to sit up when I'm deer hunting and see another person, unless no. it's the cameraman. I don't yeah. want to see anybody else. Yeah. So, and we, it happens to us just about every year where someone sets one up right close to us i don't know that it happened last year besides people walking in on you but that's different but pretty much every year it happened last year in the high wall set up oh yeah that real tree yeah a real high tr- real high treesman yeah that went about 60 foot 60 up in the tree up. so far up it's ridiculously high it's above the treetops almost of 100 year old cotton but that's ridiculous if you're but shooting he's shooting down the angle is so sharp you're shooting through the deer's back yeah you have to be like it's ridiculously high but our our stands were there since august 15th probably so but yeah that's one that gets me it does i just don't it doesn't it makes me mad but i'll move because i'm like i don't want to be here anyways apparently it just i just don't understand what they're thinking there's a big yeah. thing it's like who's like oh perfect i think i'll go right yeah. here it's like come on i don't know if that's the plan or they're like oh this is good if i sit up here they'll leave i don't know if that's what they're thinking or what but are yeah. they thinking he's here so there must be deer here so i don't have to do any work he did it for me that's yeah that's what i'm thinking i don't know but Number seven is sharing secrets. So if you did happen to tell somebody, which I think you have to be, we talked about a little bit before, you have to be careful what you tell random people on public land. If you go up to talk to them and say, hey, how's it going type of thing and how much you're telling them. But I would say if you did tell somebody and then they told other people that that would be something that would definitely make you mad. So sharing secrets was the number seven one. We don't have too much of a problem with that because we're cautious about what we tell, you know, other people besides the people that hunt with us. So. Um, number six, which I don't know, maybe you remember or don't remember. I don't know that I've ever had it happen that I know of, but hunting in someone else's stand. I don't know that anybody else has ever hunted out of our stands that I know of or can remember. I don't think so. Not that I can. We've never showed up. We usually get there pretty early above everybody else. So yeah, usually we're beating everybody else in there. We've hung and hang and hunt so many times now that we don't usually go back to permanence. It would have had to have been earlier on in our public land hunting career. And we take them down during rifle season, you know, so people can't get up there. But so I don't think I don't think we've had anybody hunt in someone else's stand. But I know of people that just hunt in other people's stands when they feel like it, which would make me mad. But also, some of them leave them up year round so they kind of you know that is what it is but i don't think you should be able to again it's public land it's what it's there it's open to the public there's a stand technically it's first come first serve but i think the public land hunting etiquette is that you shouldn't probably hunt out of somebody else's stand i don't think a you know you didn't put the stand up for somebody else to hunt it you put it up for you to hunt out of it like you said anybody can sit there like that's the rules but it's like Etiquette-wise is, yeah, you didn't set that tree stand up for somebody else to use it. Like, I didn't buy my car for the neighbor to use my car. I bought it so I could use it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't 
we don't know that someone has. Maybe someone yeah, probably could have. Yeah, we weren't there. But, but yeah, but now we do hang and hunt so much we don't leave the stands up. And we so. usually take our sticks in and out. So that's when we keep yeah. people from doing that. Is the tree stands stay up and then we haul our sticks in and out with us. So it's less weight. Way easier to haul sticks than the sticks and stand and just leave the stand up. So yeah. then somebody would have to have sticks too. And if they want to go through the work of bringing in sticks and climbing up there, then I guess yeah. more power to them. Um, let's see. Moving on to number five is sabotaging someone else's hunt. So stealing cameras or stealing uh, tree stands. Um, but I don't. I think you could also put in walking by you at nine o'clock in the morning as sabotaging someone's yeah. hunt outside of the stealing cameras Just, thing. Yeah, being courteous. It kind of falls into there. Kind of falls into all of them. But being courteous, like if you're if you're gonna go scouting during the season in season scouting which is important we've done it don't do it at 8 30 in the morning when you know people are still hunting like do it at noon if ours are so small public lands here we can drive past the parking area and if we don't see any cars that then we know we're good to go so it's like don't try to be courteous if you know somebody's in there don't be walking in at nine o'clock to do it do it in the middle of the day middle of the day in october on october 10th there's not going to be probably anybody hunting yeah, I have no problem with people doing in-season scouting. No. Like I said, we do it. If they bump a buck, he's probably going to be back or we'll find him somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, it's not even about the in-season scouting. It's about doing it's it underneath what, me while I'm hunting. It's the what time they're doing it. And this year for you, they didn't decide to do it until August 28th through November 15th, like the best times of year. That's when everybody wanted to do their in-season scouting at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I, had a, I hunted the same that same property back by the high wall three times in a row and every time somebody walked underneath me one time they didn't even see me which is ridiculous but they didn't even see me they just kept walking they weren't even hunting i don't even know what was going on the other guy just walked in and turned around and walked out at nine o'clock i don't know what he was doing it's just like what are you doing it's public lands though again you can go on there whenever you want but like you said common courtesy and etiquette says let's try to be courteous to other people and we try to it happens you know if you're turkey hunting we've bumped into people deer hunting bumped into people but we try to turn around and get out of there give a wave give a polite nope my bad i'll get out of here you're here first kind of a thing yeah it's just the and sometimes like that guy that walked into you the high standsman we call him now if he was an out-of-state guy and he had to get in there and get his stand down because he was leaving and it was nine and he had to fine he you have to sometimes you can't like wait till 11 because he's got to get home that's that's not what we're talking about. It's just the random stuff when you don't yeah. have to do it, but you're doing it. And it's like a, in a conversation, too. If that guy walks in, walks quiet. I heard him coming for <laughs> two minutes before he got there because he wasn't even trying to be quiet during the season. So, like like that. If you're coming in, like you said, you have to grab it or you're leaving or whatever, and you're going to grab it, have a conversation with me quick. Like, you don't got to yell, but, like, yeah. whisper, like, hey, i got to leave. I'm out of state. i got to take this down. Perfectly fine. I wouldn't have no problem with it. Yeah. Com- sometimes in those situations conversations help or if you're like crap try to be quiet one yeah. but then go crap i'll get out of here so sorry like that'll do a lot to smooth yeah. over the situation if we've walked in on people or seen someone it's usually a you know polite wave and then a like we're going this way yeah. so we turn around and like leave yeah and then if that happens like okay i mean dang it but you know you can still sit there because you still feel like you're still good but yeah. mm-hmm. like you said just doing it at the appropriate times. Like we, if we're gonna do in-season scouting, we won't go if we see a truck park there, or we have any reason to believe if there is a truck park there and it's like a huge property and we, for some reason, believe he's not on the side we're going to. Then we'll go in. But otherwise, but I think I don't want to ruin someone's hunt because no. I know how much it sucks to do it. That's why we don't do the in-season scouting 
unless we know there's nobody else there, yeah. we're not going to, you know, just walk in on somebody. Yeah. And we a, don't do it at 9. It's a safe bet to say at noon pretty much every day, month, but November, you're probably good to go. Yep. So and even then, even if it's noon on October 15th and somebody's hunting, if they haven't seen anything by noon, they're probably not going to for a little while. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just one that definitely gets us. And that's one of the reasons why we probably won't be hunting that high wall spot a lot this year is there are so many people in there last year, unless it's blocked off by water again, like I hope it, hope it is and people can't get back there, but there's so many people back there and that's why we didn't hardly see, you've seen, you've seen a couple good bucks in there, but see more not people even, than I did bucks, not which even, is never a good ratio. Not even close to the level of bucks and how great that spot used to be compared to what it was last year. So that's obviously you can tell by how much we talked about it. That's one of the one that gets us the most that we definitely despise other you know public land hunters for and moving on to number four um non-hunting activities i haven't really had any encounters with non-hunting activities we don't have too many places where you can do if it's other m- things yeah <laughs> if it's more of a you can't hike or walk dogs or ride horses yeah or no anything. hiking <laughs> we did have the uh horse trail rider guy um when we were in college turkey hunting that would oh yeah long time that would be a little bit annoying it's like again you're like right when people turkey hunt you're walking you're you know gonna run your horses around you never really ruined anything you know for us but that's the only one i guess i can think of we don't have like big forest trails or you know anything mm-hmm. like that here in nebraska the camping but. spots maybe kind of a turkey hunting in some of those lake type situations but even then there's certain areas where you hike and we don't go <laughs> yeah and they don't go up to the other spots um number three is kind of with number five what we talked about already it was like a failing to watch the clock scenario so you know shooting before legal after legal obviously illegal so that's definitely not good and then their entry and exit time what time they're walking to their stand you had a guy that was walking in right at right before you just about got a shot at that buck but i don't even know what time it was but he was just walking yeah into day, day, stand. yeah daylight enough there was a doe actually about 15 yards from me or a deer i don't even know if it was a buck or a doe but a deer that he bumped out walking in like way after said he got up late yeah, again, know. which is fine, but if you get up late if, and you, you might me, go somewhere else where there's not people, people. Yeah. that's what my hunting etiquette would tell me. Yeah. I don't know. And he kept going and then did another thing and set up 15 yards from me after he came in late. So he did the two first. So it's like, if I that if that happens, you're running late, you forget your lease, you got to run back, you're coming in late. Like you said, if you get to your parking area and there's somebody there and you know he's probably on your way there, you don't know, but you kind of have an idea where he's going to go. If you know he's there go somewhere else like that if you walk in you end up seeing me go crap came in late so sorry and get out of there because at that i point, was there first you were the, late you were the one that was late as much as you're gonna hate to not go in there i'd be like i'm the one that messed yeah. up i'm the one that's late he was in there when he was supposed, supposed to, to be. be i need to leave yeah and then set up 15 yeah. yards from me like yeah like if that if that's me that happens you come in late that's fine you get there and you realize somebody's close to your area where you wanted to set up turn around and leave because you were the one that was late it sucks but you're the one that's late there's plenty of room he could have went down 100 yards the other way and been perfectly fine and hattie he probably would have seen the buck that i seen that coming yep. behind me yep so number two again one we kind of talked about we grouped it in together with the sabotaging um is scouting and hanging stands during prime time which again were four scouting and hanging stands during season. You have to do it sometimes, mm-hmm. but not during prime time. Yeah, yeah. Doing your adjustments when you should be set up. Agreed. 
And the number one that they had, again, I don't think these were any, in any particular order, um, but they have walking loudly to your tree stand, being able to hear other people. So I've never had any circumstances where I've heard other people, you know, talking or yelling, really. I don't think that I can remember. Maybe I have. Um, but the walking loudly to your tree stand, and usually the people that are walking loudly to their tree stand are the ones that seem to be coming right at you. And are late. <laughs> they end up, yeah, they end up right at you anyways. Yeah. And they're, like you said, they're late. They walk loudly. They're not cleaning up their trash. They're coming in at prime time, and they set up right next to you usually. Yeah. You, get, you don't get just one usually, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, you usually get a couple thrown in there. So those are some of the hunting, you know, ethic things, I guess. That was a Realtree.com article that had those on it. So it's just a hunting ethics thing. I think, you know, obviously everybody's ranges in different spots. Some people care more about certain things, you know, like we, you know, the sabotaging someone's hunt, doing that stuff might be more considerate than other people. It's just how it is, something you have to deal with. But if you're listening and you do some of these things, you might realize that other people don't like it. Or yeah. Some of you might just be nodding your head going, yes, this happens to me all the time. There's nothing we're going to be able to do to stop the people that do it, I guess. So um, that's where we'll leave that one. But I thought it was kind of interesting to see what other people didn't like. And I agreed with most of them. Some of them we haven't had any, you know, real run in with. So with that being said, we'll move on to our top three, which is related to that. We're just going to rank our top three things that we despise other hunters for. Despise is a strong word, but don't get annoyed with that other hunters do uh on public land when we're when we're white tail hunting so my number three is hunting out of someone else's stand like i said i don't know that that's ever happened to us that i know of but if i walked in for some reason and there was somebody else there or i could tell that somebody else had been in my stand i would be pissed yeah i think for me it's just do your own do your own work like haul your own stands in there do your own work, do your own pre-scouting, pre-season stuff. Like, just do your own work. Don't mooch off somebody else that put that stand up there and there that took the time maybe off work or bought the stand and used their money to buy the stand and use their time to take off work, to drive there, to do the work, and just mooch off somebody. I think it's kind of the point of that one for me. Yeah, so that was my number three. I don't think it's ever happened that I know of or I've ever encountered it, but I just know if I walked in and there's someone else standing up there and I was like, I'd be, I would just be pissed. I don't even know what I'd do. But yeah, that's my number three. I might pull one of those other ones and sit right next to yeah. it. <laughs> like Probably fire wouldn't be the nicest, yeah. nicest thing to do. But yeah, my number three is stealing stuff. I'd never, I've never understood walking through the woods, seeing a trail camera and saying, I'm going to take that. Again, that's somebody else's money. They worked for that. And you're just going to take it because you're a terrible person. I mean, yeah. You're still if you steal someone else's stuff, you're a terrible person. You broke you broke the law. Yeah. Don't steal somebody else's stuff. I've never we've walked past hundreds of cameras in the woods. Not it's never up. crossed my mind yep. to take it. Like even if they're up and you have a viewer and you want to look at the pictures, go for it. I don't care. Look at my pictures before yeah. you steal it. Yeah. Open it, look at the SD card, look at the pictures to gain information. Put it back. Yep. Don't steal someone else's stuff. I never get that. We've had them stolen before, and it's just like, what What kind of people are you that you're stealing somebody else's stuff? Yeah, it doesn't even cross my... We, I mean, we think we know who... We don't know, no, but we've seen the people that we think stole ours that time. Yeah. But it's just like, again, I just don't... Like you said, it's hard to explain, but it's just like, what goes through your mind that you think you can just take it? Yeah. Like, it doesn't... Like you said, never once for a split second even crossed my mind, like... 
that's a nice muddy trail camera. I think I'll take that yeah. with me. Never, never once. I'm like, oh, someone's trail camera. Cool. Keep moving. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. Tree stands or anything. We found a climber stand that was just laying on the ground right on the trail. Yeah. Just walked right by it. Some people like probably said, multiple steal it. trail cameras. It's like, don't steal other people's stuff. It's not yours. Use what's yours and leave what somebody else's. Yep. That's definitely one that I just don't completely understand. So my number two was setting up too close. That's mine as well. Okay. Whether you're, you know, already have the tree stand up or like you where you're in there first and the guy's doing a hanging hunt and he's hanging and hunting right next to you. So that's just my number two. That is just one that would just make me, there's plenty, make me mad. No matter how small the public land might be, there's probably somewhere else you can go. If you're in second, we've been in second before. You're too slow. Mm-hmm. Turkey hunting, same thing. Guy was there first. We let him go. He's like, there he was first. there first. <laughs> yeah. be, he won. Yep. You know, and there's plenty of room most of the time. Talk to people. There's plenty of room. Set up somewhere else. Yep. Whether you're first or second. Yeah. That's the thing too that makes no sense to me. He was there first. To me, it's common sense that simple. Yep. And if I wanted to be there first, I could have got up 30 minutes earlier. Yep. I decided sleep was better. Yep. Or Whatever. he beat you to the hanging hunt spot you thought was great. He beat you to it. Go find somewhere. You know, find the next great spot. Yeah. To me, it's just that simple. It just moved on to okay, I gotta go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I don't. It doesn't for everybody else. And half apparently. the time, that might that forces you to go somewhere you didn't think about, and it ends up being better up just as because good. you're like, I never would have went here. That guy not forced me to go somewhere else. Yep. Sometimes you need that change. So many guess, times but... with the hunting pressure, especially on that one when we first started, the hunting pressure pissed us off, but it pushed us to spots that we should have been hunting. We just didn't realize it and it's helped us learn. Yep. Uh, you want to do your number one? They might be the same. Yeah. This one's maybe more of a Nebraska thing. And I'm not sure if this rule applies everywhere. I think it applies in Iowa maybe too, but not taking your tree stands down. So some reference here in Nebraska, you can put your stands up on August 15th, right? August 15th because we have a September 1st opener. opener. It's 15 days before. Yeah, and then you have to take them down by like February 1st or February 15th, something like that. Yeah. So then they're not supposed to be up during the summer months. You're supposed to put them up and take them down. And people do not because for some reason they think lugging lighter stands in there is smart. I would never do that. That was just too much work. <laughs> yeah. But they don't, they don't take them down. And I think... Uh, you talked to the conservation officer in the area on that one piece of public. I can't remember how many he said he took down, 30-plus stands. On one, on only a, on, on one field side. Edge, on a field edge yeah. on one side. 30-plus stands on one side on a field edge. And it's ridiculous. They did not take them down. And it's crazy. Yeah. Take them down. Again, Follow it's a rule that everybody else is following, so they should have to, too. Yeah. Take them, but like you said, they're big ladder stands, so they don't want to haul them in and out, which I understand but then don't get the big ladder stands yeah. or realize you have to haul them in and out. Yeah. And I would have paid anything to be under those trees on September 1st when those people showed up <laughs> for the seventh year in a row thinking their stands were there and there was nothing there. Yeah. I would have given anything to gladly, be there. Like, Not hunted. I won't shoot a deer, but tell me what days these people are showing up and so I, I want to be, be there. there and get their reaction when they come back and their stands are gone. Yep. Yeah. So not only did they lose... The stand, but then now they can't hunt or they have to sit on the ground. It yeah. just would have been great. It would have been. Is this the it's best, karma. The best back. lesson teacher right there yeah. is for them to walk in and not have a stand. But yeah, that's a good one. They just don't do it. It's not enforced all that much. We're lucky to have a really good uh, officer in our area that now does it, which is great because kind of starting to get that, you know, hopefully on the decline. But it's just like we always take ours down. It's just we don't have a whole lot of permanent ones, but we always take them down. Again, it's a rule. Just like you can't shoot after a certain time. You have to wait to shoot till a certain time. You have to use a size broadhead, whatever. It's a rule. So I don't know why, but we have to follow it. This is kind of a 
story that's related but not related. So when I was with the hunting public, there's this piece of public where we'd always park and go back in, and there's this guy that lived up on the hill, and he was always made sure that you knew he was there and he was watching. Like every time we'd park <laughs> there, he'd drive his side-by-side down there on his property line every time to let us know he was there. And we were talking to him, and he kind of became somewhat friendly with us because he recognized the Smurf. He recognized Warb's car. So he'd be like, oh, I know you guys kind of sort of. But then he told us he'd go in there and take people's stands down. <laughs> like he'd see them. He'd just go in there and take them because like two years ago, one of his stands were stolen off his private or something. So now every year he just goes in there and takes people's stands down. I'm like that's kind of crazy grumpy old man. But yeah, that's kind of kind of related, kind of not related, but it's kind of a funny yeah, story. You get a lot of that. And I wonder if some of it is marking their spots. They don't want to lose yeah. them. So they just leave them up. I think that's some of it. There's private land guys that put them up right on the fence with no intention of ever hunting them. Just to keep I've people never seen away anybody from them. It's just to keep people away from the private, which can't say I blame them all that much for doing that. But again, that's private. They can leave them up. That obviously yep. doesn't apply. But I think a lot of it is just it's laziness and marking their spots, yeah. I think. I always see deer. I want to sit here every year. Yeah, marking your territory yeah. kind of thing. Uh, my number one is the sabotaging the hunt deal. So, like we talked about that quite a bit earlier. We don't have to go re through. All of that, but just the sabotaging the hunt in general, whatever way they choose to do just that. <laughs> common courtesy, I think, is the general theme of all of this. Just be courteous to other people. Think about it. Do the right thing. Not that hard. Doing the right thing, you don't steal somebody's stuff. You try not to sabotage your hunt. If you do, you apologize. You make it right by getting out of there, not setting up next to them, just doing the right thing. Yeah, so there's a lot of challenges with hunting public land whitetails. Let's not make it harder on each other or any less enjoyable but on being each less other considerate yeah let's all stick together let's all follow the rules that all of us have to follow and i think we'll all have a more enjoyable experience the, while we're hunting and the, this is a side note but there's problems with people trespassing and stealing people's stuff on private land which is a whole nother level how do you go onto somebody's private land and steal their stuff is a yeah. whole nother level to it but i've never gotten those people either that are like here's a piece of land i'm just gonna park here and go trespass and steal this person's cameras it's yep. crazy you hear that all the time you're like how do you get them stolen on private land people you are just doing stuff you shouldn't it's crazy have to, you shouldn't have to lock anything up on private no but, you, but do. you do people lose them all the time it's crazy that's a whole nother level yep so that will wrap it up for this episode of the out here show talked about some good stuff some public land stuff all the stuff we don't like about other hunters on public <laughs> land but we do enjoy hunting on public land as i'm sure most of you do so that will wrap it up we thank you guys for watching make sure to like comment all that good stuff and if you're listening to the audio version uh we want you to leave a rating that helps us you know get found by more people if you go ahead and leave a rating also don't forget about the apparel that we have so go to whitetailinstinct.com to go ahead and check all that stuff out but thanks for watching guys every monday 12 p.m central time the out here show thanks again for watching guys we'll have more episodes again next monday